I really enjoyed the first Shazam movie when it was released back in 2019. So when I heard that a sequel was going to be made, I was genuinely excited at the chance of seeing Shazam and co. blast through the big screen again. However, if you've been following the drama that was taking place behind the scenes at DC Films, then the picture becomes instantly bleak. With several false starts, constant studio interferences, and sheer freaking hubris, DC on film, aka the DCEU, had been meandering around without a sense of direction, dishing out one movie after another that have very little to connect them together with varying results. So we have big, massive successes like The Joker that are seemingly not connected to the rest of the universe, and movies like Justice League which, well, need I say more. And finally, we have the news that under James Gunn and Peter Safran, the DCEU will be replaced by the new DCU from the end of 2023. With that in mind, I had become skeptical as to how Shazam 2 would perform at the box office. I mean, it, along with The Flash and Aquaman 2, represent the seemingly abrupt end to the DCEU. So why should we watch Shazam 2? It sounds like a waste of time to do so, but that doesn't really say much about the movie itself. Thus, the question is, how good is Shazam 2? We'll talk about this and much more today on Enjoy the Movie. Again, everybody, my name's Tony, and welcome back to Enjoy the Movie, where we love to talk about great movies and love to rip on the bad ones. So today, we will indeed be talking about Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Now, before we continue, I just want to make something clear. I will be going back and forth between Shazam 2, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and even Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, so just want to make that clear. And also, I, I will, it's known in other countries as Shazam! Fury of the Kings, but I'm not going to use that title. I'm going to go with Fury of the Gods, if I use that either Shazam 2, Shazam Fury of the Gods, or Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods. But yeah, now now that we got that out of the way, let's continue. So, um, Shazam 2 sees the return of the Shazamily, which basically they're a group of foster kids that live together with their foster parents, led by Billy Batson, who is played both by Asher Angel and Zachary Levi in his superhero alter ego. Now, the Shazamily have, are busy saving and protecting Philadelphia from different antagonists and monsters that keep attacking and all the dangers within. The problem, however, is that they're drifting apart because they're growing up. And this really gets to Billy, who begins to question his role as superhero and the meaning of sacrifice. And at the same time, the three daughters of Atlas, Hesper, Calypso, and Anthea, played by Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu and Rachel Zegler respectively, invade Earth by stealing the power of the Grand Wizard, who gave Billy um, his magical powers from the first movie. And so the Daughters of Atlas invade Earth, they're looking for the apple, the golden apple, which they would use to plant the Tree of Life, um, with, of course, the risk that it would destroy the human world, which, of course, forces the Shazamily to rise up against them and stop them before it's too late. Now, you might have guessed that uh, Shazam 2 feels rather standard. You know, you have all the basic tropes of uh, superhero movies that have been made in the last few years. You have um, a character, the main character, the superhero character, going through uh, a crisis, trying to understand his role and his, the meaning of being a superhero, and he has to understand the meaning of sacrifice. He has to fight a bunch of uh, 
extraterrestrial villains and he has to save the whole world from being blown up and things like that and there's this epic CGI battle and things like that. Now, here's the thing, like, it's very standard. I don't think it's boring, per se, as you see, but um, I also think it doesn't really go beyond that basic formula, which is a shame because the first movie was a breath of fresh air. Now, if you recall, the DCEU was aiming to go in a more gritty and dark and brooding um, direction, especially under the direction of Zack Snyder. Of course, that didn't come to pass because, well, of all the chaos that happened behind the scenes at Warner Brothers and DC itself. And so, and so the movie Shazam, when it was made, it was very different in terms of tone and appearance from the other movies, and that's why people liked it. Because it, it just it was hopeful, it was funny, it was uh, engaging, and it just and it just it just wasn't it just it was very different from the other uh, uh, DCEU films, which is yeah what made it very attractive. Of course, it wasn't a big uh, box office success like uh, Aquaman was, but um, it did receive a positive reception, and that's what convinced the studio that you know let's make a sequel. But here's the thing, Shazam 2 doesn't really do much beyond going the, the old tropes. So the movie actually is plays it very safe, but what it does get right, it actually gets right. One of those things were the actors. So first up, the villains. Um, Helen Mirren is uh, really cool as uh, Hespera. I really liked her in this movie. She's obviously a veteran in terms of dramatic acting and things like that and she has a lot of charisma um she has a lot of charisma and can carry uh the three sisters basically carries them through the movie now as for lucy liu however i she didn't really leave that much of an impression on me yeah don't get me wrong i mean she can be a really good actress but in this movie it's like it's like it didn't seem to me like there's a lot of energy coming out of her she's like yeah okay like, even her expression is like, mm, okay, like, I'm here. It feels like it feels like she's getting, it feels like she's here to get a paycheck as opposed to actually wanting to make a dramatic uh, piece, which is, uh, well, which is rather disappointing because it hurts the movie. As for Rachel Zegler, well, I was very excited about her, the prospect of her returning, well, not returning, well, joining the cast, actually. Because I liked her in West Side Story. She was amazing there. And now, here's the thing. She is really good in the movie. She's a really good actress and gives it everything she has. But her act, but her character isn't really that not that much special. I mean, she's at, at its core, like... And there is really nothing more than just uh, the love interest for one of the Shazamily. What's his name? Freddy, played by... Oh, let me check again. Okay, Freddy, 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 Freddy. Yeah, he's played by Jack Dylan Grazer, and Alan Brody is his uh, superhero uh, persona. Yeah, I mean, I buy the chemistry between her, Rachel Zegler, and Jack Dylan Grazer. The two of them look good together, and there's enough chemistry to get them through. But, yeah, it just, it, it doesn't really feel like that much, like, it... 
between her relationship with the other sisters. It's like she's only there just as a love interest and nothing more than that. And then you'd have this sort of, you know, her trying to help Freddy and helping the Shazamily. And it's like, uh, okay. I mean, look, it's not terrible, but it's also unremarkable. Okay, unremarkable is such a strong word. More like, yeah, okay. Possible. Now, as for the uh, superheroes, the Shazamily, um, Zachary Levi is definitely the highlight in the movie. I really liked him. He's very funny. He has a lot of energy, and he's very witty and likable. You know, he's definitely he definitely carries the movie uh, through the entire thing. Which, I mean, given how uh, how standard and just cliche everything is, it's you know, it's a really good. It's a good thing he was able to do what he did. Now, there isn't. The thing about Zachary Levi, however, is that I feel like the movie focused too much on him as opposed to Asher Angel. Because in the first movie, the character of Billy Batson is is look like the movie is told from the uh, from the perspective of Billy Batson as a kid rather than his Zachary Levi persona, and that's where all the emotional. The kind of the emotional core of the movie and all the important emotional scenes from the movie were when a- Asher Angel was uh, playing Billy and not when Zachary Levi was in it, and that's how we identified with him. We identified not with the the persona, but rather the person who Billy really is, and that is in this case he manifests in the form of Asher Angel. In Shazam Two, however. We focus the the excessive focus on Zachary Levi kind of takes away from that connection that we have built, and it and it just it it's it's as if it's as if we're looking at a completely different character or a different version of the same character. Now, I mean, yeah, they are different versions, of the same character. But here's the thing: like all the uh, the emotional heart of the character lied in the in Asher Angel's portrayal of the character, and not Zachary Levi's. So since the movie focused too much on Levi. It takes away from the character building that we have that has that Billy had gone through in the first movie, which is a shame, you know, because there's because he's definitely an interesting character and I really wanted to see more of him. But Zachary Levi isn't an unwelcome sight. I mean, he's a really good actor, as are all the other well most of the other actors in the movie, specifically the uh, other members of the Shazamily. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, uh, Grace Cowling Curry, Ross, uh, Ross Butler, and DJ Katrona, and Megan Good. Of course, and of course, I need to mention Jaiman Honsu. Yeah, he, he's he's really good. He's the wizard, he's the last survival, the last surviving member of the Council of Wizards, and he gives his powers to Billy Batson. Like you know, like he's he's a welcome sight again. Yeah, I really liked him. He's very funny. Like I mean, lots of. I mean, he's usually there, like just for comic relief more than anything. But he's, but like Zachary Levi, he's a welcome sight. I really like him. But also, with back to the superheroes, the other superheroes in the Shazamily, you know, yeah, maybe then they they could have used more development. You know, it doesn't really feel like because they they feel kind of paper thin, if you if you will. But the performances themselves are pretty good. Actually, here's a fun fact: Grace Curry does both uh, Mary's uh, superhero ego and her uh, ordinary ego, both of them at the same time in this movie, 
In the first film, her superhero counterpart was done was played by Michelle Worth. So yeah, that's a fun fact. And yeah, but yeah, the actors are pretty good. I like them. You know, even though their characters aren't, you know, they could have used more development, but uh, still, you know, the 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 actors are good. Also, I want to mention the CGI in the movie and just the overall visual feel of the movie. I mean, yeah, it's 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 basically what you've come what we come to expect from uh, superhero movies. I mean, it's not ugly, it's big, it's, you know, you know, out there. You have CGI monsters, you have CGI battles, you know, like thunderclaps and whirlwinds and things like that. I mean, look, it's it's cool and yeah, the movie has takes a page out of Sam Raimi's Multiverse of Madness. But yeah, otherwise it just feels kind of ordinary. Like it's it's stuff it's it's nothing mind blowing, but it's also stuff that you know it does just fine. I guess the the, the CGI was okay, and the visual style was nah fine. It doesn't it's not spectacular, nor does it inspire any dread. It's just like there. As for the fight scenes, yeah, they're very well choreographed. I like the fight scenes, but yeah, I like the CGI and pretty much most of the movie. It's stuff we've seen already. You know, we've seen kind of like you know epic fights and massive, you know, throwing massive artifacts around that, uh, you know, superheroes throwing around these gigantic things at different, at their enemies and their enemies bouncing back with bolts of lightning and things like that. Like, yeah, we've seen these. It's kind of formulaic. I mean, it's not terrible. Like I said, like I said, a lot of what this, a lot of what Shazam Fury of the Gods is, is it's not, the stuff it does, it does it competently, but it doesn't really go much further beyond that. In fact, the only part of the movie that I almost really liked was actually the climax. I mean, and uh, spoiler alert, um, Billy sacrifices himself while fighting against uh, Calypso. He dies and is buried. It, it actually made it actually made for a very emotional scene. I mean, you know, it feels like a very satisfying arc to him. You know, trying to figure out exactly what Ed. Because he was figuring out throughout the movie, like the, the importance of his, like he'd try and figure out his role as superhero, what is it about, and everything, and his worth as superhero, and the meaning of sacrifice, and then it culminates in that and his death, which I feel like, yeah, it's good. I mean, we've seen it before, but it's actually done pretty well. Yeah, and um, so it's it's very emotional, you know. I I you know I was really taken in. But then the movie ruins it by having Wonder Woman come through the movie, does a cameo, and does just resurrects Billy Batson. Well, what, why? No, don't. What are you doing? Like the guy, the guy sacrificed himself for the greater good, and you know, like it's just it feels by resurrecting Billy Batson, like the importance of sacrifice and especially Billy's. Uh, sacrifice becomes negated like it's like it feels like his death becomes less of a monumental kind of like his last hour of glory his final kind of battle kind of thingy and becomes more of a minor inconvenience all the weight and sort of the weight of the movie the emotional weight from the movie that it builds up to it just goes away completely as if it was all for nothing I really didn't like that. It was very, um, it really negated the movie, and just I wish it didn't do that. 
Also, it would have made for an interesting allegory on how Shazam 2 is an okay movie, but that it's too little too late, really, in terms of trying to save the DCEU from its uh, inevitable collapse. Oh yeah, and we'll talk about that shortly. But yeah, the ending, I did not like it in the slightest. I really didn't. So, despite the movie's shortcomings, I did actually have fun watching Shazam 2. Yeah, I mean, it does It does take the safe route as instead of uh, trying something new with its characters. But I think the characters themselves are still likable. And the acting is really good, especially Zachary Levi. And the other act- actors and actresses, you know, Helen Mirren. And so I, I, I can't say that I was disappointed with uh, Shazam 2. You know, I got exactly what I had come to expect out of a superhero movie. However, the thing is, as we speak, the movie is really bombing at the box office. So it has it has a budget of 110 million. I think it was 125 million as well, but it was somewhere in between. But the box office returns haven't been very kind at 105 million, which is very well short of the actual budget of the movie. So it, I think it comes down to a few factors why Shazam 2 has really been bombing. Because here's the thing, like, I mean, I want every movie to succeed. I don't really, don't get me wrong. I don't really want to see like, oh, this movie has to be a box office bomb. Oh, no. But like, like, given what the movie is trying to do, I, I would want it to see, I would want to see it succeed. But here's the thing. There are a few reasons why Shazam 2, I think, is bombing. Well, the first one, I think it has to do with a lot of political restructuring at uh, Warner Brothers and DC itself. Now, if you've been following the drama at uh, Warner Brothers and DC, you'll you'll probably notice that uh, the DCEU has had a very unstable um, life from the beginning, and that's putting it kindly. The thing is, now, I'm not going to really go too deep into the story of the DCEU, mostly because a lot of other people have done uh, something I've have talked about this already, and I don't feel the need to talk about it again. But suffice it to say, um, when the DCEU was made, they were expecting to make a sort of more mature and a darker version of the MCU, as sort of the alternative to them, if you will, which was pretty cool. And they hired Zack Snyder to to lead the uh, the project, which at the time seemed like a cool. Uh, choice, but eventually it turned out to be very divisive, and the studio didn't like him. They fired him, or something like that. I know something happened, and he didn't. He didn't come back, and they kept getting in new people to lead the DCEU. But each one of them had different visions, and nobody could agree on what to do. And eventually, we started seeing all these different entries to the universe that have almost nothing to do with one another. So you have you know movies like Aquaman, Shazam. And the Joker coming out, and they have very little, if anything, to connect them together, really, other than that they're DC products. Now, that doesn't mean the movies themselves were pretty bad. I mean, the Joker has, you know, caused a big, massive storm. I think <laughs> I remember it very well. It was, it was wild. But uh, that's getting off topic. But the point being is that DC, that Warner Brothers really has kind of been meandering everywhere, doesn't really know what it's trying to do with this amazing lineup of characters. And so it lost a lot of uh, battleground 
to uh, Marvel and its competitors. Of course, eventually DC has hired another face, a familiar face, to lead the DC uh, franchise into the future, and his name is none other than James Gunn. Now, James Gunn has made this uh, DC movie, The Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad, it's The Suicide Squad. It's another movie. Um, And the studios liked him, and so they got him to uh, lead the DC uh, universe into the future. The thing is, he, I think, wants to do a hard reboot of the characters. I don't know if he's... I don't know, he's doing a reboot of some kind. I don't know if it's a soft reboot or a hard reboot, but he's doing a reboot. So basically what this means is that Shazam 2 has basically come at the end of the line for the DCEU. And of course, James Gunn has said that he might actually do a reboot of the whole series. He might do a soft reboot or a total hard reboot. So in this case, we're not actually sure where the series is going to go. And this, however, means that Shazam 2 stands in a way, it feels kind of disconnected from the rest of the DCEU and from future DC content. So it doesn't feel like it leads up to anything. And secondly, are people really getting tired of superhero movies? I'm not entirely sure. Personally, I'll watch any new movie, even if it's a superhero movie. But I can see where people are coming from. Like, ever since Endgame and the proliferation of Disney+, Plus, so Marvel has been churning out content after content after content, you know, TV series after TV series after TV series, and all these other movies. And it's just, with the results have been very uh, varying, very wildly. You have successes like No Way Home, but then you have epic disasters like Eternals, and then you have um, meek successes like Thor Love and Thunder and uh, Shang-Chi. Now, yeah, I get it. COVID-19 has had a bit of an impact on film industry, so I'm not going to, you know, hold that against them. But even with COVID-19, I feel I feel like the movies just kind of yeah, there has been a noticeable drop in quality as as Marvel has focused more on quality quantity, I mean, versus quality, which really kind of set back superhero movies. Uh really kind of hurt superhero movies. On the box office, you know, I like when somebody is telling me they're getting tired of superhero movies. I can understand why. Just the the sheer number of them is, uh, well, rather bewildering to look at these days. But I feel like all of these all of these factors together, they don't really say much about whether Shazam Two is in and of itself a good movie. In which case. It's okay if you're really interested in just having a laugh or if you're a diehard Shazam fan. But really, the movie doesn't really have, you know, a lot to offer besides, you know, having a good time, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's got good dialogue, but uh, otherwise, you know, it doesn't really tread new waters. And, of course, it doesn't really... It's not really that offensive, either at the same time so i'd say my recommendation hmm, don't really ex- don't really have high expectations for Shazam 2 just go in there watch it and the only thing you should expect is just to have fun and yeah watch Shazam 2 don't think about it and just have a good time 
And that'll be it for today's episode of Enjoy the Movie, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to like the show on Facebook. And if you want more film reviews, the good link in the description to my letterbox profile. And um, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe and if you want to get in touch with us then please leave a comment or go to the links in the description we're available on apple podcasts spotify wherever you get your podcasts we're there also be sure to share the podcast with your peers and online thank you for listening enjoy the movie was hosted by tony Saad. the music and logo were created by clara Saad. enjoy the movie is created by tony Saad. copyright tony Saad 2023